speak moron as well as you, but let me try. What the hell is supposed to do, you moron? It's a moron. That's not against the law. Gun! You fucking moron! I stop like Batman. Because he is Batman, you moron. What are you, a fucking moron? Ah! You moron! Drop dead. Moron. Stepping morons like yourself. Be down, you moron! A hey, moron! Movie Monday. He clarifies it underneath. Aye, my heart sank when I seen his clarification. I was hoping for. He wants us to do Monday, the Nicolas Cage movie. I think I heard of that. Me neither. But these original time was just you should do Monday. <laughs> fair play, fair play. Well, we can discuss that uh, when it gets to somebody else's pick. But good evening, fellow morons. How are we all doing on our back to normal Monday night? Oh, after the bank holiday day off, it's been wonderful. A hectic weekend traveling back up to make sure I was here in time to go live this evening. <laughs> Dedication. Oh, yeah. We're yes. month, we're, uh, what are we doing? Two months now, we're not even going live, and we're still talking about going live. This is awesome. Like, also Hunter, sorry, I was just going to say, Hunter, Hunter obviously said he was travelling back up the day. He, he went down to Manchester to watch the Man U game, and it's on uh, the night. He didn't even actually get to the he was going down for. I know, here I am, on with you guys in the game that I was meant to be going down originally to see us playing live in the background whilst I'm back home. Oh, that's <laughs> absolutely brutal. When was it changed? <laughs> Uh, uh, basically, after they got put out by Atletico, they changed it to the Monday night. <laughs> oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> no, I forgot about it until the weekend when Neil mentioned it to me and I thought I need to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and what's even more annoying is I can see Hunter screaming in the background here and oh. having a delay as well, so I'm still watching ba- Boss Baby 2 adverts come in on mine. <laughs> You won't need to borrow my Sky Go, at least you can just watch it on Hunters. I guess that's it. It's a one less person. <laughs> that's right. I've, I've, I've turned the screen that way for you so you can see me. Right? Turn that away so they see me. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, uh, welcome. Yeah, Bank Holiday Monday. Um, a, few, a few of you spent Bank Holiday Monday watching these movies in real preparation for having it fresh. Yeah. Uh, I, however, went to the cinema to see a different movie. Um, I went to go and see Sing 2. Not seen Sing 1, but tell you what, mm-hmm. very good movie, guys. If you want to watch a cartoon, Sean, uh, Sing 2 is highly recommended. <laughs> oh, how are you going to keep up with the plot if you've not seen Sing 1? I'm sure it's quite complicated. Mm-hmm. It, it is, it is, it's people singing. It's not much. even people, it's an animated animal. It is, it's animated animals. <laughs> and I'm glad I'm not the only person that's aware of this movie, as I was getting <laughs> blank expressions from other boys there. No, I'm <laughs> Fair play, fair play. I'll need to go back and watch the first one to get the full story. It'll still be better than one of the movies that we watched tonight. So, movies <laughs> that we've got uh, coming up tonight were selected by Sean. Sean, what were the two movies that you picked for us to watch? Back, well, I'd hope you know them because you should have watched them, but I'll show you. <laughs> back to the Future 2 and Boiling Point. Well, listen, I'm just trying to play a good host here eh, when I bring other people in to speak rather than just oh, typically. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Sean, just while you're talking, remind us, what were the movies for last week? Uh, we weren't the only last week. The week before <laughs> was uh, did mo- uh, Lighthouse and... You just asked me a question. What were the movies for? <laughs> Light, Lighthouse and uh, The Shining. 
Uh, well, do you know what? I'm going to put you under even more pressure now since you've been a wide though. What was the scores that we got for both of these movies? Ugh, I don't know. I don't know. I gave, <laughs> I gave that black and white film a zero. <laughs> well, The Shining came in at a 4.7 into our number two position on the leaderboard. And Lighthouse came in at a 1.4, uh, somewhere there in the hundreds. Uh, I forgot where that landed but it wasn't landed very well in the overall leaderboard three of the morons gave it a zero and the two smart ones gave it a 3.5 uh, each so today we are going to talk about boiling point and back to the future too um let's start off with boiling point uh let me just get the synopsis of it first Enter the relentless pressure of a restaurant kitchen as a head chef wrangles his team on the busiest day of the year. Sean, as you did select these, take us away with your thoughts on Boiling Point. So I chose this because it's very, very original. It's no like a... I mean, it felt like I was watching a film, but at the same time, it felt like I was working a shift in the, in this restaurant as well. I thought I'd done a, quite a good job of... Like, because it was very hectic, and I, I felt kind of stressed when I was watching it at points. Uh, but I, as like it's a, it's very different to what we've watched before in terms of films. Like, there's not really much of a plot. You're just kind of going along with the events that happen during a busy service in a in a London restaurant. Like, if if I was if somebody asked me what it was about, like it, it sounds absolutely shite, but like I did actually quite enjoy it. Uh, I was, and it's probably going to steal trivia, but I'm going to say it anyway. But like the fact that it was filmed in one shot, I, I can't, I, I, I don't really believe it. I don't see how how that's possible. But it, oh. it was, it was just very bizarre. Uh, I mean, the main thing for me was that it, it, it really kind of. Well, for me anyway, and for Laurie, she watched this one woman. Like we both felt stressed watching it. it. Felt like we were in in that kitchen doing a shift. Like, the way that it was shot was really, really good. No much in the way kind of story. You're just obviously going on uh, with the head chef, and he's obviously got drug and alcohol problems, and split up with his wife, missing his son, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but I, I just, I, I don't know. Like I did like it, uh, but. It was just weird. I just felt weird watching it. Uh, that I was appalled by the way that uh, that the the black waitress was treated, uh, especially by table number seven. Mm-hmm. That really, really yeah. pissed me off. <laughs> right, because we 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 started watching it, and then uh, I can't remember we turned it off after that. And I think it was just because we were tired and so I got to bed, but. Like I was like, I actually I'm fucking raging at that. Like I was so it's just a, a, a young lassie trying to do her job. And then obviously she's went to this table and this racist fucking prick just being an absolute dick. And he he played that horrible cunt really well. Because obviously he was only in it like two scenes, I think, with the uh, with was it the lamb scene as well, where he was moaning that his 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 his, his lamb was pink and he wanted it not pink. <laughs> and I thought that, like, when she went back and then obviously said, just to let you know, this isn't how they, that's not how lamb's meant to be cooked. And, and like he was saying, get your, uh, what was it, get your dirty fingerprints off my plate or something like that. And then she just basically shut him down and walked away. I was properly like, going, hen, fucking stick to that cunt. Uh, but 
Aye, so like, like I, I felt like really kind of drawn in by it, and I felt like I was there, and it really did kind of do a good job in bringing the tension into the living room and all that kind of stuff. So uh, it's fair to say that I, I did quite enjoy this. And Stephen Graham, like I do like Stephen Graham, although I don't know what you think about this, is that he does seem to play a lot of similar kind of characters, even though he has got like a really good range in his acting. He seems to be playing the same kind of guy quite a lot which is not really much a problem for me it's just something i just would like to see what your thoughts are on that as well yeah no i, I know where you're coming from that because he's quite a serious actor and, and when you're watching him, he's obviously got that frown on him where he's going to be in a fight or there's going to be some really direct discussion because last thing i watched him i think was uh peaky blinders and even in that he's got that like quite no spoiler i have not watched that yet I've got two episodes to go. Calm yourself. Guys, eh? Plenty fuck. See, the thing that I kind of meant by that is, obviously, he's not playing the same character. It's the same kind of type. And, like, his mannerisms, like, I'm not going to even try and attempt to do a Scouse accent, but he's, it's, like, the very kind of quick and, like, like, I don't know how to explain it, but I just find that it's the same kind of kind of person that he's playing that I've kind of seen in, no, obviously everything he's done. I'd imagine in Peaky Blinders it'll be completely different. But <clears throat> uh, what's one thing that springs to mind? He played an alcoholic. He went over to Northern Ireland or something like that. I can't remember the name of the program, but it was very similar to that guy. But actually, quite identical. Actually, uh, I can't remember the name of that program. Uh, the oh, fuck, it'll come to me eventually. But that's what I meant. Just the way that he kind of talks and just. It kind of shift the way that he shifts his cell, and ugh, it's quite hard to explain. I'm not really a good at articulating stuff. <laughs> well, it's going to be interesting when you're watching Peaky Blinders when you see him dancing for the Black Swan. It's, it's a strange, strange episode. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, it's definitely one of those really, really intense movies that um, I quite enjoy films like this because there's other films that I was liking it to, like um, Buried with Brian Reynolds, even Twelve Angry Men's quite like this. It's all shot very in sequence and in order and it's quite fascinating to watch there you're really intrigued with what's going on in one part element in the kitchen then you're following the boy that's walking out the back with the bin bag and you're like no 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 there's a full-on argument going back there i want to see what's going on there and uh, which leads a lot to your imagination of it of because it's that's all past but typically you'd have a cut scene that would come back to it and you'd get the full story but i really enjoyed it i thought it was one of those films where you sit up and really pay attention to mm. um for it. I don't think there was anybody that was particularly weak in in terms of the no. whole cast, but I don't know if that's just because I was dragged in with the storyline. I thought the, the 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 lassie that's like the manager of it, I thought she was excellent. Like she played her role brilliantly. Um, for being the absolute arsehole, but actually seeing the the the, the insecure wee girl in the background as she goes off and gets upset because she she's getting tell some home truths. Um, I can't remember the woman's name because it was about a week and a week ago that I watched this. That's like the sous chef for Stephen Graham's character. She was excellent, um, but she was like proper in charge as well. And you felt I felt dead emotional the way that how angry and how upset she was getting because she just was not getting her way. She was constantly being lied to, and, and I'm sure there'll be scenarios you guys have had in work sense where it's. There's an element of management that's frustrating you constantly, and you kind of get what you're looking for from them. And the only alternative is to look for new employment and go somewhere else, but you really don't want to. But it just ends up having to be that way. Hunter, 
as a man that's on his travels a lot. What did you think? Yes. I, um, similar to kind of what Sean said, I enjoyed the intensity of it. I mean, I've, it's, it's a very interesting uh, sort of take it. As you said, it is the original. There's not many, there's not much you could compare it to. Obviously, there are maybe some similarities of how the, maybe the film makes you feel. I mean, I like the only one we've maybe done on here that was quite similar where it kind of brought you in and you were maybe brought into that world and maybe going through the motions of what um, the main character was as possibly Uncut James was kind of similar in that sense. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll give you that. Uh, with that, so again, similar to Sean said, the disgust I had for Table 7, I mean, just tell me you're pro-Brexit, was it? Tell me you're pro-Brexit, that can't I? But I kind of took it as, obviously, I know, like I said, everyone is just a bit part character in this film, apart from Stephen Graham, but I kind of um, sort of taken similar to it. When you, just imagine you are a guest in a, or you're just a, a, a guest in a restaurant or a customer even and you're maybe got, you're out of time so there's people coming and going as you're sitting and having your dinner or your drinks or whatever and maybe you just hear little tidbits of conversations just as and I think that's what maybe why it was trying it was giving those, those little bits just enough um, to keep the story moving along we don't need to know everyone's full story I think obviously we, we do get some of the background where you've got Stephen Graham and then you've got obviously his pal who's the TV, he's the, the head famous chef even though maybe Stephen Gale's maybe mortality he's maybe had the, the back and whatever to go and do what he's done is obviously he's that money and then it's all kicking off come the end I mean the only thing, the down thing I kind of got obviously you know how you could tell how busy and hectic what the, the, there's things going on all over the place was I think as soon as the nut allergy was mentioned you knew that was going to have yeah. uh, develop at some point in the film it wasn't known how, but obviously I think then you see that couple comes in, the guy's planning to propose, you know, oh, this is what's happening, this, which, which, this got to, something's going to derail that. But even then at that point, obviously the intensity ranks up again, because you're like, his life is, he knows he's he's fucked and that, obviously that's why he goes and, goes and does what he does at the end, but I think even though you know it's coming, it's still, how they handled it was still very well. Um, it wasn't like, it, you went, didn't feel let down, you just knew that was going to be the end point at that and as I said, it's so well done in a sense, um, where just like you're not, as you said, you're, you're interested at every point. There's not like a lull in the, the story because everyone's everyone's got. There's no there's no really a character that's maybe got screen time and during this that you're kind of like, oh, they've just taken, they've delaying something that's going to happen. They're not taking anything away from the story. And again, and as you've said, Sean Stephen Graham, I again, I I don't think I've never enjoyed him. Never not enjoyed him in anything that he's been in. And as you said, even though he does have different characters, he does bring a lot of um, similar traits in each of these characters. Like again, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. He obviously, he's a uh, well-renowned, successful actor, and here we are judging his performance <laughs> amongst the five we are. So. Yeah, yeah, fuck it. We, we know better. Um, yep. th- just, to, just to cut in between us all and pick a scene from the movie that I, I wanted to talk about, um, the so-called influencers... Oh, oh yes. fucking boil my blood and all, man. <laughs> yeah, I want to. I want to think your thoughts on that because I read so much about scenarios like this. If you if you follow some really top end tabloids like the Daily Mail, um, they're constantly in their little stories of like a restaurant owner's exposed a social media star or someone's pointed out that the social media person's asked for extra or whatever. And it just blew my mind. He's like, look at me, I've got 30,000 followers. Therefore, you're going to change your whole menu 
which yeah. not available just to get me something and I'm going to force it on you. But there's two things for me. It's like, one, imagine having the balls to ask that and put your phone in front of somebody's face and say, I've got 30,000 followers, get me what I want. And two, the person that's allowed it to happen, so the manager woman who's been like, oh my God, take photos, put your photos up on social media. Mm-hmm. It, like, they like feed each other, essentially, yeah. on this. Uh, definitely. What, what's people's thoughts on it? Just before that, spe- speaking of influencers, do you know what happens over in Dubai with influencers? <clears throat> Very broad. Actually, I know. So, see, uh, and it's probably more kind of female stuff. Uh, but like, you have all these like female in- uh, influencers that are like obviously fucking be in Dubai all the time and all that. Basically, there's a proportion of them. I don't know, obviously, who and all that. But apparently, they go over to Dubai, and the way that they get their money is they uh, for return of sexual favors, and basically allow these rich guys to shit on them. You, you need to stay away from the weird parts of the internet that you go on. That's just on Twitter. That dark web. Set it on Twitter. Influencers Get off Twitter, Dubai. I think you should come off Twitter. Like. You see, by, by influencers, do you just mean a Love Island fodder like the last year and that? Yeah, basically. Like, like round two and round yeah. three. So, yeah. Sean, Sean just, just based on what you've said there, I actually had a conversation about this at the weekend. And the person that was describing it to us explained it pretty much exactly how you did. Um, but I think there are certain things that you can search on the internet to, to see this, which we won't discuss. No, no, I uh, almost search it on the internet, Chris, you'll go do the old fucking, you'll come up with something different. But well, aye, I've put in like, if anyone out there, Dubai. Aye, if anyone out there does feel that I'm just, just a member to go incognito and keep your, keep your <laughs> search history. Yeah. And if well, there's any influence fair, like out there, they want to get in touch and let us know if this is true or not. Feel free as well. We'd quite happily have you on as a guest, but you will not get fair, paid. I've watched uh, Back to the Future one and two, and a clip of that in the last two weeks, and that that clip's not the worst thing I've watched. That's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, let's go straight across to you. Uh, well, we won't ask your thoughts about people shiting in people's mouths, but we'll ask you about boiling point. Mouse has been added in. That wasn't one of the. I never said mouse. You've been no. watching your weirdo. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I'm just talking about getting like shite on their chest in that. Uh-huh. That could be a good name for the podcast. I'm what, just two... talking about shite on their or, chest. Or two influencers, one cup. <laughs> <laughs> we should review that. What the fuck? Um, <laughs> So I, I was uh, I was pretty excited when Sean picked this because you know me, this is my type of thing. Like as soon as I saw it, it was all shot in one scene. It was about like a high pressured chef environment and like a busy night was the way it was sort of described. I thought this would be cool. Uh, I was pretty let down by it, to be honest. I thought Stephen Graham was pretty good, but apart from that, you thought oh talked about how much you quite liked the supporting cast. I thought. Apart from Stephen Graham, I felt like the cast of like an episode of Casualty, like just loads of like Z-less shitty British actors. Um, and like I know that Hunter's already mentioned the peanut allergy thing, but that even made it feel like an episode of Casualty. It's like, oh, we're preempting the fact that there's going to be an allergy issue, and like I don't know, I expected it to be a lot more stressful, a lot more tense because they kept making the point that oh, you've overbooked. And we're too full. Half the tables were empty. Like, commit to your narrative a wee bit more. Like, 
they never seemed the, the folk in the kitchen just seemed to just be plodding along, making one dish at a time, never overly stressed, and Stephen Graham was fucking off half the time. Like, I don't know. I just felt I, I couldn't be fucked with all the side stories. Like, he owes somebody 200 grand and he missed his son coming first at whatever competition. And, like, I, I, I just wanted to see like a really tense, busy night in a fucking kitchen. So, I, I don't know. It didn't quite work for me. Uh, I wanted to like it. <laughs> but I didn't at all. And I thought the ending was shite. Aye. So, so for me, the ending really let it down because I don't, I don't think it needed a finale like that, so to speak. Um, there's a couple of bits that are two simple nods. Like I clocked on straight away that the water bottle was now water. Aye, it was. I mm. clearly fucked up with that. Right, he was obviously on the drink for that. The peanut allergy thing, yeah, yeah that again, the spoon fed you what was going to happen at that point as well. Um, but I quite liked, I quite liked this podcast, but I quite liked that it wasn't really actors that I knew. So when Jason Fleming's character was there, I was a bit like, oh, I didn't really want to have an actor that I clocked. Um, I could see celebrations in the background of Hunter's telly and. <laughs> Man United have just been awarded a penalty on my telly. Yeah. Well, there you go. You can put two and two together on the... There's a goal. I just need to ken if it's Bruno or Ronaldo. Uh, the goal score is Portuguese. I like that. I well, there you go. I'll find it in a minute. Uh, but what, Diego Dallo. Whilst I'm watching this, Bonzi, you film him with your slots as Ronaldo steps up to take his penalty. Better be a rebound here. I, so, I disagree with Sean in terms... I thought it actually... I didn't feel like I was watching a film to me. It felt like I was, which this is, it's not a bad thing by me saying this. It felt like more like a TV show to me, um, but it was still enjoyable. It just didn't have the same feeling as the films we've usually watched. Um, I thought Stephen Graham was very good as well, so I'll talk about it. And also the other chef uh, that actually played Carly, I thought she was also impressive. Um, through watching it, I thought it was giving off the impression of being quite claustrophobic in terms of like in the kitchen and how there was no space and everyone was just going manic or whatever. I never really picked up on what Daniel was saying about how the tables weren't really, it wasn't giving off that busy vibe actually in the restaurant and that just went right over my head I think. And it did well in terms of giving like off, you knew there was that much going on in Andy's life um, about how his own the money had personal issues all that. I don't know whether it was whether they cared and if it just wasn't this this wasn't a main part of the storyline, but I don't think to me that actually felt any sympathy towards him because of the issues he had because he didn't he seemed to just be taken out as anger on other people throughout it. And also when it gets further into the film and obviously realise that he was the one that we didn't pick up on the possibility of nut allergy. I don't know if you thought this, but it seemed to me when he went and had that meeting as if he was, he would be quite happy if, if there was something else that happened within the setup of it. He was quite happy for somebody else to take the blame. I thought, and it was only when he realised, oh shit, there's not any way out of it for me. I'm going to have to stand up and take the blame. Whereas before, I think he was quite, he would have been quite happy. Say there was something else that happened in the preparation of the meal, he would have been quite happy to shove, throw somebody else under the bus. Um, I think that's quite realistic of what it would be in majority of working environments. That, uh, the oh, devil no, would. I mean, just that adds in terms of obviously he's got all these issues, and then I don't know if, if you're meant to feel any sympathy towards him, but I didn't I didn't feel that whatsoever. But I don't know if that was 
what the film was trying to do as well. That that's interesting because when I was watching it, I was thinking, "Am I supposed to like him?" Mm-hmm. But I really, I didn't. I didn't. It, it, it was more just I was kind of medium. I didn't really have any. I wasn't really half. I wasn't really bored. What happened to him to an extent? Um, you've all touched on like the. I, I'm assuming the table seven. That's the one with the sort of shaved headed guy. Is that the one you're talking about? The, the, the extra, <laughs> the romper stomper extra. Oh, right. Aye, so he was, but he was there, and he was like, I, I thought that was, I thought that was quite. They did that scene well in terms of, he was just a complete bell end, the <laughs> time like he was just up himself, loaded, just getting on at the staff. But you could imagine, um, some people in restaurants. I can imagine a lot of people like that who just think they're always, they're always right. I think they did quite. I think they were trying to give off like quite a realistic outlook of how restaurants might be especially when it's maybe high end which i could imagine that is how it is um but it did quite well at building up the tension but as hunter pointed out as as soon as the alleged action was pointed out it was obvious where they were going to go with that um which was kind of a bit disappointing how they how they still went i would have wanted somewhere either either it was something that was briefly mentioned and it could have made you forget about it but it kind of got brought up quite quite so many times that it was quite obvious the route they were going um i didn't mind then and i thought that um i thought it needed need something tender and i guess it was probably the best the best way to do it um it was good it wasn't anything spectacular but it was definitely something that was enjoyable and they made you feel as if you are you were actually there as um sean rightly pointed out so it was quite good, I thought. Quite good. I watched this and obviously there was a few sort of working disasters going on for people. Um, I thought a nice little segue this week would be if you guys ever had a disastrous day at work where like everything's gone to fuck and you've got a funny story. So to give you a type of thing, I had a kitchen deleted one. So see, when I was like 16, I got a wee job in Pizza Hut as like a waiter like part-time on a Saturday and that. Um, and remember the Pizza Hut buffet? I don't think I'm going to go to Pizza Hut anymore these days, but they used to have all the pizza and all the salads and all that sort of stuff, right? And I had one of those round uh, glass collector trays covered in glasses, and I sat it up on the counter to try and load it up to wash the dishes, right? But I didn't notice it was tipping over the edge. So I lifted up two glasses and the whole thing tipped over and smashed. So like 10 glasses smashed, fucking everywhere like all the fucking restaurant. <laughs> so they had to throw out all the food so all the buffet all the salad all the pasta everything had to go in the fucking bin uh they had to shut the place and get rid of all the glass and i just stood there pushing myself laughing it's funny <laughs> <laughs> well as a the hardest working man amongst our our, our friendship group i've no, never had any any issues at work uh devout professional all day every day you've never fucked up Nah, not, not an expert like me, mate. Come on, fuck. Does he do enough work to get to fuck up? That's why. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was with you, Burnsy, the night that before I had an interview. Remember that? Oh, I when we stayed up till three in the morning watching the wrestling. Aye. Um, I can talk about this now because I don't work there anymore. But I was going through a big promotion. And uh, it was the last day of the season, so I was out with all of you guys for fantasy football yeah. last day of the season. Went home early. End up inviting Burnsy and Neely over. <laughs> and I turned up to my interview the next day, steaming. 
like still absolutely <laughs> steaming. And I don't know how, but I got the job. So it's uh, fine. No one else ever fucked up at work, just me. Can't be just be me. No, yeah. but I, maybe no fucked up. But I was talking about this. It was obviously I was at me like uh, on Friday, and we were, uh, obviously same old story, same old friend. But remember, we, we used to work together. We used to do a thing uh, on a. You know, sometimes you would go for like if, if your team done well in a quarter at work. You would sometimes we get to eat our lunch, and they would maybe say, "Oh, you can you can have like one pint with your lunch or whatever." So we all took that on board. So every Friday we used to do a thing called Can Friday, where we would go sit in somebody's car and we would all have like a can every Friday <laughs> on our lunchtime. Fuck's <laughs> sake! <laughs> oh man, a bunch of alcoholics. I don't think I've ever fucked up at work. But I remember I, uh, I got drove in, drove into the side of on my way to work. So that wasn't a good start to my shift. But fuck for that. <laughs> <laughs> I made sure I had to somebody drove it aside to me because if I said I crashed the car then usually I'll just take the piss away but it wasn't my fault but that was that wasn't a very good start to my shift considering I didn't even make it there and I was really frustrated because it was like a Rover 200 I had so there was no way it was going to ever get back. I just didn't have a car and to get a new one to some idiot that decided they would just indicate and into a side and then not even look and just turn on the side of the passenger door which is often very nice of <laughs> so they do still go to work uh, I think I turned up really late because I was it was when I was at TSC, so I was at um I was only maybe five minutes away for work. So um managed to drive the car home. To, but it was like the full passenger side was just fucked. And then my mum gave me a lift up, I think. But it was just a pain in the arse more because I knew at that point I was still at uni and I was gonna have to get a new car because there was no other there was no way I was gonna get a Car that was worth about one hundred and fifty pound fixed. I took a full day off because I got splashed by a puddle on the way to work, and you're going back. <laughs> yeah, big pans. Uh, I'll give um not not like a, a disastrous day, but more of like a, a more embarrassing one. Um, when I when I no longer joined my last employer, um, we had a meeting down in Manchester. I was set off quite early in the morning for it. I had my little car snacks all the way down, my cans of juice, my packet of Caramac buttons that I had as well. So um, my outfit for the day was just a pair of black jeans, short, typical standard born outfit. Does the meeting, comes home, drives up back up the same night, gets home, and then I'm in the kitchen fixing something for dinner for that night, and Sarah walks in, says, you realise you've got melted Caramac stuck to your arse? <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say you either had your shirt or your trousers inside it, to be fair. So. No, no, this is, but this is one of these like team building days where you're like up and around and you're moving about. Oh. And, like, you're not really sat down for the whole time. And I've got a pair of black jeans on with a big stack of melted Caramac stuck to my arse that nobody mentioned. Because we were all meeting for the first time as well. So that was fun. They would have thought maybe you'd got one of them fours across and got them to shite on your ass. <laughs> <laughs> I've got one that's kind of similar to you, well, kind of similar to you, Kyle. So, like, uh, I went to the shop uh, on my break that was just across the road uh, from where I worked at the time. And I, I remember it, it was dark and it had been raining. So as I'm walking back to get into my work, like, to go into the car park to get into my work, there was like a wee tiny grass hill, literally tiny, but you had to go doing it. So I, I, I was going doing that, but I've slipped, I've decked it, and it was just next to a main road. I was like, oh, fuck, I hope... hope nobody's seen that 
So I've got in, I went to the canteen and I've sat and I'm eating my sandwich thing that I'd bought. Went back to the desk, uh, went out for a fag. So I've been walking about and all that. So after my fag, went back to my desk. And it was actually Laurie that was sitting across from me at the time. That's how we met. So I was talking away and all that. And uh, in the floor, they had these vents, obviously, like air conditioning and that. And I was like, it's fucking freezing. So like, I checked and I'd actually ripped the arse of my trousers all the way down. Oh. And I obviously I never do. So I'd been like walking about and all that with, with my boxers on show and everything. So I'd, I'd mentioned it to Laurie about what had happened. And obviously like, she was pushing myself laughing and all that. So I just kind of had to sit there for the rest of my shift. Like no moving, like getting up to go to the toilet or anything, because I had obviously nothing to change into. <laughs> uh, and at the end of the shift, I had to take uh, my jacket and like wrap it around me, like I was in an American high school, and uh, <laughs> walk out there. That's probably I didn't fuck anything up, but it was quite embarrassing at the time. Sean kicking about his uh, his work with his wee tighty whities. Uh, well, I tell you, thank God I never uh, had any skiddies that day. So. <laughs> Oh no, Ferrari's just oh upsetting. Right, let's get to scoring boiling point, please. Well, uh, Sean, sorry, we'll come to Sean first. Uh, I'm going to give it. Uh, I'll give it a four. A four, Hunter. Uh, three point two five for me. Three point two five, Daniel. Yeah, disappointing. One point seven five for me. Point seven five, Bonzi. Um, I'm going to give it a 3.5. A 3.5, and I'll just go a little bit lower than you and give it a 3 for that one, which I think is fairly scored for actually across most of us. Daniel being a dick. Uh, <laughs> what does that bring it to overall? Um, I forgot to load up my calculator, so I'll be a bit longer. So when Bernsey talks about his job, he is actually an accountant. We're asking him to do the maths on five numbers here. <laughs> it's difficult with all these points. Um, it's a three point <laughs> overall. What sorry? Three point one. A three point one. So in terms of leaderboard, a three point one brings us to in line with Conair, Gone Baby Gone, The Strangers, in at fifty ninth. So this will actually be fifty ninth on our leaderboard. I think we're all going to see when we get to the 200th episode, this is going to look like an outlier. This is too high. Far too high. Is this far too high? Aye. I wish I'd given it lower now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just interesting because you look at some f- films and you're like, oh, I remember really enjoying The Strangers, but some of them must have marked that down really low. No, I think it was all similar to this one. I, the Strangers was good. I think that was quite well liked, but sometimes we're so inconsistent that we chuck in Massively inconsistent score. It's funny. That's because we're morons, isn't it? Yeah, man. But, yeah. This, the, this movie's above room, which is now really annoys me. Ah, it's, uh, that was also disappointing for me. I, I also thought that was too high. So it's above District Nine, which is shit. Oh God, that's annoying. <laughs> District Nine's above <laughs> me. <laughs> District Nine and Heat are sitting sixty-fourth and sixty-fifth. On the list. So I'm, I'm looking at the list. I'm looking at like Dead Poet Society, The Wanderers, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, all below this movie now. Okay, okay, let's move Wonder- on. Fuck's sake. Sorry. 
Hey, the Wanderers should never be below it. This, uh, I don't know. This wasn't I even really that. I don't know Well, let's say uh, we've delayed enough time. I suppose we better talk about it. Let's move on to Nons to the Future Part 2. <laughs> so, after visiting 2015, Martin McFly must repeat his visit to 1955 to prevent disastrous changes to 1985 without interfering with his first trip. Sean, let's come across to you for this wonderful movie. So, I said last week that, or sorry, two weeks ago, or was it three weeks ago? Three weeks ago, <laughs> uh, that I always preferred Back to the Future 2 uh, when I was younger. So, I think the one I've seen the most is just Back to the Future. That's the one I've seen the most. But going back to Back to the Future 2, uh, the conclusion is is that I do prefer this to the first one. Well, the problem that I've got is that I stupidly scored the first one a five. So, <laughs> uh, I can't really score this any higher. But, uh, no, I just pretty much echoing what I said uh, about the first one. Uh, I love it. It's a staple of my childhood, these films. Uh, I don't really see how anybody couldn't enjoy them. I don't say people need to love them, but I just, uh, they're so easy to watch. Uh, it's in, I always laugh at this one. Like, obviously, you, it goes into the future uh, for the first kind of half hour. And I, it's, uh, I think it was what, 2015 they went to? Yes. Uh, and I suppose, obviously, back in 1989 when this came out, uh, it's quite hard to imagine what life would be like in <laughs> 26 years or however, however far in the future it was. But it is quite over the top. Uh, and like you've got the, like the the big Jaws thing coming out and all the projectors outside in the streets and stuff like that. You've got the, the 80s restaurant with the Michael Jackson... Kind of over the kind of celebrity themed kind of computer waiters and stuff like that. Uh, but I think it is meant to be over the top. I don't think that they actually believed that this is what it would be like in the future with their flying cars and and the fucking the, the pizza hang that they make where you just basically stick it in and it comes out like it's like a packaged powder pizza. Uh, but after that, I, I think it, the actual kind of story it tells about how the with the sports book and stuff like that. I think like everybody has thought about this at one point in their life or how great would it be to be able to know what happens in whatever season of football, the World Cup and all of that kind of stuff. Like it's it's quite a simple story, but I think it was done quite well. Uh, and I like I just I'll never have a bad word to say about any back to the futures. Uh, I don't know if I'll ever get to watch the third one. I don't think it'll be anytime soon anyway, but uh, I, I just think the first two are just really, really good. And the second, and I, I've not seen the second one in a while, so I was a bit kind of apprehensive going in to watch it about how it how it would kind of seem. It's, it's been a good while since I've watched it, but uh, no, I, I just absolutely love Back to the Future. I absolutely love it. And I, I felt like a child again when I was watching this, so that, for me, done its job. Let's come straight to Hunter for his thoughts. I'm not even going to enter losing there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, I definitely enjoyed it a bit more than the first one. I mean, it's still not pulled up any trees for me. Again, I do think I am missing a lot of the, the nostalgia and feels that Sean has because it wasn't 
part of my childhood. I don't know what the hell I was watching growing up, but when I look back, I don't remember ever watching a lot of films. Um, but as I said, I mean, it is over the top. I mean, the there probably is. I mean, I probably did have any technical note on, but the pothole. It, it's going. Oh, it's, it can get quite confusing if you're not, and a bit erratic at times. Where they, they end up back in the exact same scenes that they were in the previous film. But I don't know if that was maybe just to close it off again. That's just like a, and I don't know what. Um, I know it's kind of been mentioned in the chat about a scene on thirty-seven minutes. But does it say around the world big? Is that the right. you're talking about? <laughs> that was that. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I was thinking about for the podcast this week being the incest of the movie too. They are so big. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Denny man, like, it's so fucking cringy. It's horrible to watch. It's Sean. literally a thirty-second scene out of a fucking two-hour film. It's not that bad. What's the point? What's the point yeah. in that scene, though? I don't know. Is it something you feel you could say mm-hmm. to your mum? I'm not even going to answer that question. <laughs> That's just stupid. It's in the film! Right, but it's a film. Why would you even ask? That's just fucking bizarre. It's bizarre that... But it's not bizarre, because if you watch it, if you watch the first movie, he clearly fancies his mum, so it makes sense. Yeah, it's consistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'll get, I'll get, that'll, that'll give it a point two five for the zero I'm planning on giving it. Um, <laughs> The fact that they, they they stick with the fact that he wants to pump his mum. <laughs> Aye, so uh, we again kind of as you said, you're right, Sean. Like if we had kind of um, had that ability to time travel, we'd all go back and make ourselves millionaires. But then you look at how it upsets the timeline. I mean, you could make yourself a millionaire, but then how would it then have a knock-on effect to something you maybe love in the present day? How would it all pan out differently? And I think it's quite fair that you think you'd be talking about like what would you win money on? So this they went back to 2015. So imagine if you went back then, knowing that Leicester were going to win the league at five thousand to one a year later, like how much money you would actually walk away with knowing that? Mm. I know. Uh, I think an actual movie about someone doing that would be better. Personally, this movie wasn't really about that. Mm-hmm. It was just random shit chucked together. I, I, kind of, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, I mean, you look at that, was there anything, I mean, the only thing I could, what you kind of said with the pizzas, I mean, there is like, like some places in Europe where you could get like hot pizzas out of vending machines, so I suppose that's maybe kind of similar, like, is that like the only thing that they maybe sort of predicted, was there anything other that you noticed? Well, there was a bit where, he was, where he's come home and he's on the, and he gets fired for his job, and he's obviously the future Marty, oh, that kind of, to me, was like, a like Zoom, a Zoom call, to, uh, yeah, oh, kind of Skype thing. But another I, I, thing I noticed. Sorry, John, on you go. I was just going to say, I, I think a lot of it was over the top and on purpose because nobody would have had a clue. I, I don't think that they would have thought they would definitely be doing fucking flying cars and all that. But that's probably <laughs> the one that stands out for me. That was probably quite similar to now, and that's probably only because of COVID as well. A uh, kind of Zoom and Skype of kind of. Well, Skype's always been around for ages, I suppose. But I'm pretty sure you, you can buy the self-tying lacy sh- trainers. I think they're a thing. They made them in 2015 on the actual anniversary when it was. <coughs> but, um, another thing I noticed that they did get right was contactless payment for the taxi. Yeah. Oh, the taxi. Yeah. Which it was very spot on. It just felt it looked mm-hmm. like a real taxi in action now. Yeah. 
I didn't even clock that, to be fair. It probably gives it a nod to why it, it, I it stands well. I can't remember that either. Must no, me neither. Because remember the guy, the future yeah. old man, followed him in the taxi? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he hated it just by, like, touching a thing. Anyway. I, 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 I never even noticed that. There we go. Hunter, you anything mm-hmm. else you want to add? Um, really appreciate it. I, I, but on the, obviously, I've enjoyed it more than the last one, but the fact, obviously, the film this and obviously the third one obviously must have been at the same time. I'm going that the, obviously, it gives you that preview of the third one at the end, and I was just like, please don't make us watch it, Sean. It just looks awful. <laughs> <laughs> The, the third one is probably, well, uh, there's no question about it, it's my least favourite out of the three, but, like, it's, for somebody, obviously, like me, I do enjoy, as I said, Back to the Future, but, like, I, I would never choose Back to the Future 3, because I know that we've already done the first two, and, uh, I don't know, but, it's obviously there if anybody wants to watch it, I would say it's still worth a watch, if you like the first two. That's a big if, a very, very big if. <laughs> Um, I, I, do, you want, do you want to get it off your chest, Kyle, before I go? I don't know if I even want to talk about it, to be honest. <laughs> I think this movie is infinitely worse than the first after watching it again. But I went into it with a mindset that it was so much better. Like I, I had so many fond memories of watching this, of thinking that I loved this as a kid growing up when I watched it. I feel like I, I, I've enjoyed this as a kid. But see, watching it back now, man, I just found it so cringy to watch that I thought the acting was ridiculous. It was like cartoony, almost, the overacting for Martin McFly and fucking D- Nons Brown. Um, Biff's a terrible actor as well, so watching him on a scene is fucking soul-destroying. I just thought it was it's a dead weird film, right? And again, not watching it, I, I was watching it frustrated like 10, 15 minutes into it, I'm like, I'm bored of this already, I didn't want to watch it. It's just, it's worse than the first one. And then I just started picking at little stupid bits the whole way through it. And I'm like, why do we have to go back? Why does he have to move forward in time just to save something that's went wrong with Martin McFly? Like, I thought this whole thing is not to fuck with the future or fuck with the timeline, but we'll fuck with it if it suits us. And then it didn't suit us because of what we did. So we need to go back and fix that. Um, I just think, be from a pair of selfish, weirdo wankers that can fuck right off. Um, I didn't really want to talk much more about this film. It's dreadful. Please don't watch Back to the Future Part 2. Daniel? So, as as I revealed the bombshell last time, is I've never seen any of these movies before. Um, (laughs) And based on what we discussed last time, I was quite looking forward to the second one because the issue with the first one is when you have such an open concept of time travel as your plot of the movie, why are you spending it all down about a dance in 1955? Right? So I was super excited for a movie where they go to the future. And it turns out it all evolves around a dance in 1955. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like this did my fucking head in, man. It's this is like there's been zero imagination. This is do you know what this reminds me of as well, right? Men in black too. Well, it's basically just a copy and paste job of the first one, and they're doing it for money and they can't be fucked. Like, there's all the creative juices went into the first movie, and I think they, they started off with this whole future idea. It's as if the, the writers got bored. So, at first, they were all in, they were going to the future to stop this crime happening, 
but then that was done within half an hour. It was it was, it was almost pointless. Like it was all set up this book going back into the past, and I, it, it just didn't do it for me at all, man. Like I really expected this to be much better, but the fact that they just ended up back in that same day again, talking about that fucking clock again, it was the exact same lines almost. It was almost line for line the same at times. Um, but they also they, they add there's the extra element they add in that they've obviously went back in future. Doc Brown's had then had an interaction with his self in the past, which in theory would fuck up the timeline again. But it just it just kind of plods along. It's as it reverts it all back to normal. Um, some, of the, some of the stuff really pissed me off in this one. So remember we spoke last time about the concept of the photograph coming back. Right, or disappearing and coming back. Right, and it was fair enough. I could buy into that. Right, I was, I was not. I was against you, Kyle, and you were nitpicking at it. Right, but see, this time they had different <laughs> newspapers that showed like so and so going to jail or so and so dead. Right, and it just it just so happens that on the exact same day that they would have died or been committed to a mental asylum, they both get commended on the thing. <laughs> or something amazing that they did on the day they would have died or gone to a mental asylum. Um. I, I I just found this one a stretch. It wasn't enjoyable. Um, I the acting was poor. None of the characters are likable. What's the whole getting called a chicken being like one of the over oh. like? <laughs> things that don't get it. it, it, it and that's frustrating because you're, your foot. You still use your foot like it's got wheels. Like what's the point of a hoverboard if you're using your foot? Like <laughs> fucking hell. Um, the, the chicken thing, sorry to interrupt you, that makes makes me laugh because it's like we're in the second movie and he knows the importance of fucking with the timeline and he's got jobs to do, he, need, he, he needs to go, he's got full accountability for it and somebody says the word chicken and it, that's it. Time to risk it all. It's fucking, I don't get it. I don't, I, don't, I don't understand what it's trying to be, who you're supposed to really like. Um, Doc and Marty are more like sort of time bandit villains in this. They're the issue. Same as fucking everything up. Yeah. Um, just didn't do much for me at all. What did you think of the the so big scene? Yeah, I said Daniel Sudden off. He's walked away from the screen. <laughs> doesn't want to talk about it anymore. He's ruined. I can't was crying at the door. Um, so I when that happened. I didn't really know what they were trying to do. See if they committed to either the future plot, right? Or the dystopian fifth world. If they committed to that, and you got to see what that was all like day to day, right? So the whole mum's big tits thing didn't shock me because I was kind of used to that in this. You also got more scenes of Biff like being really sexually forceful to people in a PG movie, by the way. Um <laughs> But one of the things that was glaring to me, which I wanted to see if anyone else picked up, was we always talk about racism in movies and things that they did. And I, th- I think this is probably the most glaring one we've seen where it's like actively uh, stereotyping black people, where he goes back to his house in this dystopian future, right? So this is a horrible future where everything's gotten to fuck. Do you mean all the worst things have happened? And do you know what the difference is in his house? It's now a black neighbourhood. Oh, And that just stuck out to me early on. I was like, fucking hell, man. And then the, the guy, I felt sorry for the actor having to play the, the dad of the intruder. So he just was shouting out, 
African-American stereotypes that we all grew up on in the 80s and 90s. Like, he called them sucker, like, seven times or something in the space of two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I found that a wee bit uncomfortable. But in general, the biggest issue for me is that it's just not very good. I just don't think it's very good. Like, it's got such a broad plot that it could do so much and it does so little. None of the characters are likeable. Um, and I, I didn't really care about them winning or losing at the end. And this is so much of just a blatant setup for the next one. You don't even get a slight conclusion. I mean, you don't even get a little bit of a conclusion. There's not even that little bit of like the cliffhanger or the will he, won't he get back. It's just like, oh no, he's no back. Now he's got a letter now. Hey, we need to go to, back to the for the next one, come back to the cinema again in 1990. Um, and that was it. I just felt like a money-making bit of nonsense because the first one was successful. And I thought it was really, really shit. <laughs> Let's bring Burns in straight for this thought. I, I'm going to assume this is a first time viewing as well, Burns. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest problem with this, as Daniel correctly pointed out, is like the start of the film was quite good, I thought, because they set, like, we'd obviously watched the Back to the Future one recently, but if you hadn't, if you'd watched it, say, a year ago or whatever, or two years ago, you would have clicked on and remembered everything that happened. So I thought that part was good. Um, and then when they go into the future, I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be really interesting. And then as Daniel says, they just go back into the past again. Like, what the fuck was the point in that? They base set up for saying, oh, we're going to go into the future, you're going to help the kids' lives, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. And within half an hour, you're just back in 1985 again. So the you main... weren't back in 1985, half an hour in. You were back in 1985 for like the last half hour. No. Uh, no. Burned. No, because you spent a lot of time in the present time, but it was Biff's world where he yeah, spent a lot of time. That was the first half hour, because it was 40 minutes in when he was... Oh, no, sorry, I'm talking about 1955, I'm talking about for the last right. half hour. Aye, so half, like 40 minutes in, he was looking at his mum's tits, so... <laughs> That was where it. <laughs> that was where it. The first, the first thirty, forty minutes. I was like, that, that, I thought it was going to be based which the vast majority of the film was, which was completely full. The Vodian a false sense of security with the original, um, original part of Back to the Future, because they're going to suggest you're going to see 2015. This is, this is going to be based on, and it's no based on that whatsoever. I don't know if it's because. They started writing and then thought, we've no idea what we could actually illustrate for the future, so let's go into the past again. Which, to me, just defeated the purpose in the film. Um, it's like the first, first half hour was quite enjoyable, um, which, because I really like but the first Back to the Future as well. Um, and I also thought that his girlfriend was going to be quite involved in it, and then she just gets knocked out for most of the film as well. <laughs> <laughs> he'd be as, as well just bake it up hard at the end of the first Back to the Future because she didn't do it. She didn't like, obviously, she's in the, she's in the part where they go and um, to see what their family life's like in the future, but she's not, she doesn't really, there's not really any impact on her being in that part. And the fact she just goes and sits there and watches them for 10 minutes, then she just gets knocked, and then she's knocked out for the other parts of it. She's not involved in the past bits either. Um, so her character was like pointless. Uh, I and then, as Daniel says, going back to going back to the dance and all that kind of stuff, that was just awful. Like, if they had, if this was just the very first 
Back to the Future, I would have enjoyed it a lot more because you weren't seeing the same things over and over again. I don't know if they're trying to do a nod back and sort of remind you of what happened, but that just bored me. Um, I just don't really get what the point in this one was, which is really disappointing because I, I think I gave back to the I gave the original a four. So and me and Trump were the only ones that really scored it really highly, but I completely disagree with Sean's point in terms of how you can't see how people can only see people enjoying this. I just don't see what the, the point on it was. Um and also when it when it showed the back the third one, I was just like, that is gonna be absolutely stinking. Like I hate old, <laughs> I hate old films and like no but then again they might just go back to whatever eighteen hundreds and then bring you back to nineteen fifty five again and go back to the dance again. <laughs> so, John, can you tell me, does he turn up to that dance as a cowboy? No. Oh. <laughs> um I've I've kind of shot all over it, but it was I'm not as I'm not as a I didn't hate it as much as what other some people did in terms of Daniel or Kyle. Um it was more just that I expected so much more from it. And although I was I wasn't switching off from it, it did sort of keep me I kept kept me invested, but I think it was because I was expected to pick up a lot more because of how much I enjoyed the first one. Um, and then when it ended, it was kind of a bit of a damp squib for me because it just didn't it didn't hit the spot at all. Um, and I didn't think the acting was as good as what it was in the first one either. Um, and the first half hour was pretty decent, but it was maybe based on them saving the kids and obviously. I'm sure they actually said kids as well. It turned out it was just a son that was in trouble as well. We didn't even go to. What was it? He was, was going to get was it fifteen years for petty crime? Mm-hmm. But dead in the future. The you daughter. Got a daughter as well. Yeah. No, the daughter was meant to try and break him out for jail, then she got twenty years. But because he never goes to jail, she never for has. Sake. They never have to right. save anything to do with her because the son never went to jail in the first place. Like what? Surely a simple thing would have been that if they're going to say that the film's going to be based on the future, like in 2015, have the son doing that as one part, and then have the daughter that's involved in... It doesn't even need to be anything that she's done wrong. Maybe she has, like... There's something that other people are doing which impacts her life, and have them have to go on a large chase to try and fix that for her, or... Or you could even have had his... You could even have had um, his girlfriend that has to go and sort that out, instead of just being knocked out in the back of the car for the time. Um, do you, do just, what gets to me with it, right, is, and, and I think this was that scenario on both films, is Doc's got the time machine and he can pick down to the minute and second of where he lands and he picks precisely 10 minutes before the event happens and he gives himself seconds to explain to Marty exactly what he needs to do in detail. <laughs> and Marty's confused like he would be, and that actually pretty well acted, like, well, what, like, what now? Where? Where am I going? Where am I going? He's like, yeah, go, you've only got minutes now, now. Just just bring them there half an hour early, dog. Grab a coffee, chill, tell mm-hmm. them what happens. Like, yeah, I think, that, um, the yeah, fact that it was based on the, the betting part, that was like a reasonably good idea. Um, and it was kind of quite believable in terms of Biff's character that that's what he would be like if he went back into the past. He would become this rich, obnoxious guy and you could see him just going and marrying Marty's mum probably just to prove a point. And it was believable that he would go and kill his dad. Well, I thought it was quite believable that that's something he would done based on what the what had happened in the first film. But 
they could have they should have concentrated a lot and a lot more on either 2015 or 1985 instead of going back to that stupid dance again. They, they had a they had a nice message for the youth at that time though, eh? Here's a book, get yourself loads of money, then you can marry her when you've got loads of money. And then uh, guess what? He gets to marry her when he's got loads of money, even though she hates him. Even though she hates him. Alright. They don't even delve into how how she gets to like they're more interested in going back to this dance than in terms of delving into how like if she hates him that much, do they just be like season a million pounds, just be like, Oh, I love you. But then she still hates him when she's mad comes. So it's like what how do you get through that stage to the last stage? You just they gloss they glossed over so much. It should it should have been so much better. And it's as if I think it was Daniel that said as if the writers have just I've just kind of thought halfway through it's like, oh okay, we're bored, we'll just go back to the dance again. Aye, no for me. And then him I, for folk. Be on top of your whole, like Kyle was saying, why does he go back to like such a rush to try and get the thing done? See when he goes back to 1985 and he says something bad happens to your kids in the future. Why is he not just saying, Marty, by the way, see in 2015 on this day, make sure your son stays home. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> why does he have to take him? Why? Like, why? Yeah, there's actually no point. There's no need. You can actually educate to this kid that's not here yet. <laughs> Treat him better. Mm-hmm. And there's even actually he sees how uh, the fuck up that Marty manages to make his life up to that point. Why don't we give him the education then so he, he becomes a better person? Right. So that they then doesn't even need to have this said pep talk with his kid because he will be a better dad so that the kid doesn't go off the rails in the future. So if he teaches him how to be a better person, then that the whole thing doesn't even need to take place. The talking in both movies that uh, happiness is just having money. All the good futures are the people who have money, and all the bad futures are when you don't have money and you're not successful. That's that's all it is. I mean, and if it's really bad, then your house might turn into a slum. Or a ghetto. Do you know what I mean? Like you might be even poorer. But buy Coca Cola and buy these naked sailors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about some trivia for the movie because I took some down earlier and I'll uh, educate you all on the Jaws 19 series. Uh, but this was the first film appearance by Elijah Wood. I saw that. Uh, he was one of the two video game boys to whom Marty speaks in the cafe near the start of the film. Uh, I thought this was quite interesting because he obviously didn't really see him, but Crispin Glover sued the filmmakers as he had not given them permission to use his likeness in the part two. Um, They ended up dropping the lawsuit after it was settled out of court for $765,000 by the Universal's insurance company who decided it would be cheaper just to pay him than to go to trial. But they actually changed the Screen Actors Guild Subsequently, introduced new rules about the illicit use of actors. So he wanted nothing to do with it, and they just used them anyway. Because uh, he's obviously that was my one bit of trivia that I spent a while reading about. Oh, well, you can uh, give us more to it if you've got any more. Um, no, it was more like <laughs> it was more. Uh, I just said a couple of interviews with him, um, and he was pretty bitter about it all because, like you said, he actively chose not to be involved, and then they actually apparently they actually used. So they aged them up in the first one. Mm-hmm. They had prosthetic masks. So they kept the measurements and put other people in masks so that even in the background it looked like it was him. So they, they actively tried to make it seem like he was in the movie. <laughs> uh, 
Quite but the, 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 the recast the girlfriend, no problem. Aye. Just recast them. I think that might be one of the reasons I didn't enjoy this as much, because he was one of the better parts of the first movie. Yeah. He was he was quite enjoyable to watch. It was pretty funny. Whereas, when you take it, he was like a balancing act for Marty. He gave you sort of... Marty didn't seem like so much as a dick when you put him next to his weakling dad, but see when you took the dad out of the picture, he just looks like a, he just seems like a weak cunt, Marty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A wee wank. Well, let's give you the list of uh, so Jaws, 19 Jaws movies. Um, there, so there was a fake teaser trailer released for the non-existent Jaws 19 uh, on 21st October 2015, and it describes all 19 movies. So as you've got the first one, uh, made you afraid to go into the water, to, uh, Jaws 2, made you afraid to go back in the water, Jaws 3, which starred Leah Thompson, uh, A New Dimension in Terror, Jaws 4, The Revenge, it was personal. So this is when it gets a bit more ridiculous. <laughs> Jaws mm-hmm. 5, Just Business. Jaws 6, Pure Pleasure. With a romantic subplot. Jaws 7, Cyber Jaws. Jaws Goes Digital. Jaws 8, Robo Jaws, a spoof of Robocop. Jaws 9, featuring Chief Brody's grandson, assembling a super team of shark hunters. George te- uh, Jaws 10. Please don't do another 10 of these. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, just, I'll, I'll pop it somewhere else that made me laugh. So, Jaws 15 battled a Russian shark named Ivan Sharkovsky. <laughs> Jaws 17, 50 scales of grey. And then uh, there's, oh, sorry, there was another one. Jaws 11, outer space. It sounds like I'm reading off Fast and the Furious here, eh? Oh, right. that says a lot about the type of shit movies you like that you enjoy. <laughs> I think that's quite funny. We should get Mega Shark versus Colossus on. That sounds like it's been in, in amongst all that. Um, and there was a Jaws takes a bite out of the Big Apple, which I, say, I feel like has been or can be a movie. Probably. <laughs> well, let's get down to scoring this masterpiece. Unless you guys have got any more trivia you want to jump in about Back to the Future. No, Trevor, I was just going to ask, I forgot to ask this at the time. You know when, um, in 1985, I think, and then Biff has got all this money, and he goes and just tells him, um, what is it, what was the question? He, he just tells him when he, what date he found he got the the magazine that gave, gave him all the scores for the sporting events. Why would you just go and tell somebody that? I know his plan was to shoot him after it. But see, you were told, don't tell him. And if you do, you have to shoot him. You just wouldn't tell him in the first place. <laughs> right. No, That's I'll true. just go and say, oh, mm-hmm. was this date, this date, and that date, but now I'm going to shoot you. Aye, it was because there couldn't be people actually telling you a story about it. There couldn't be fun. Mm-hmm. So say, like, they'll get to this point, and he'll just fucking tell him then. They like, move on Aye, to the next. But it was like, he should have had to work, like, to go with the plot of that, he should have had to try and figure this out himself, but no, he would just go and ask him and be like, that's when I got it, and I'll just escape. Because <laughs> he actually says, I'll just ask him. <laughs> <laughs> your mortal enemy is just going to give up that information, even yeah. though he's now screwing your mum. <laughs> and he shows you where that is in the safe. He's like, oh, it's in the safe right here. I'll just mm-hmm. take it out and show you. Right, but the um, reason that he's told him is because nobody in the world knew about it, so he was obviously told as well that one day two a uh, young guy and an old crazy doctor are going to come look for you, so he then tried to kill him, so he's obviously just told him because he was going to kill him anyway. Yeah, but why would you, why would you tell him in the first place to then have to kill him? You just say, you would have just, you would have just said, 
Uh, you're talking, you're talking all the nonsense that's didn't happen. And then kill him. <laughs> Maybe Biff just got a bit of an ego there. I'll try and support Sean with something for this movie. It was to me the writers, was, the writers are the ones that ruined it. And, uh, and the actors. Anyway, that was all. Well, let's get to scoring. We're going to come to Sean first of all. Sean, you topped it off with a five for Back to the Future 1. Does this five. match up to though? Five. Five for Back to the Future 2? Yep. I'm going to give you a wee second to think about that. And if you want to change your score, the option is still there. Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, enjoyed it better but again it's still not pulled up any trees for me so I'll just I'll go down the middle on this one 2.5 2.5 Daniel uh, the second disappointment of the week for me uh, 0.5 Bunsey um, I'm going to give it a 1.5 and that's because it's on par with 28 days later, but just what I scored that. A 1.5. Well, I did say I'd score it up from a 0 to a 0 0.25 for something which I can't even remember now. Uh, a 0 0.25 from me. I will not be watching the third one. Um, if unless... it comes up, we'll be watching it. I've just said that. Joe, I've just said that. I've just uh, looking at the wheel at the moment, and I can see Sean's name on there. We're going to spin Sean's name again, and he's going to make us watch the third one. <laughs> out of pure spite. Uh, Burnsy, what does that do overall to the scoring? Overall, that's a one point nine five. A one point nine five, massively inflated. Uh. Let's have a look. One point nine five. Where does that put us in line with? Uh, one point nine five puts. Uh, Joint 98th with super bad. Aye, that's equally inappropriate. Absolutely. Um, okay, so movies for next week. Um, so we've done Boiling Point and Back to the Future 2, which was Sean's picks. Um, we moved on to next week's picks. Who would like to share with us what they are? Yeah, well, they're my picks. I was really hoping Burns would be like, yes, guys, they're my picks here. This is what... No, no. He just fumbled around there looking like, what the fuck? <laughs> Kyle, you can they're my I picks. Feel... Just fucking say. So I, I picked um, The Wrestler because I wanted to go with some kind of sports film. I originally was going to pick maybe Happy Gilmore or something like that because I've watched that numerous times, but I saw The Wrestler and I thought that seems quite interesting and... Uh, Silver Linings Playbook was the other one and the reason I saw that I know Chris Tucker isn't like a main character in the film at all, it was just when we watched Russia and I was looking at the other films he'd been in and I read the a bit of synopsis about Silver Linings Playbook and it sounded pretty, pretty good I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to these ones, I think this would be good Yep Really, really interesting choice, I had no like, honestly, I think there would be millions of movie picks down the list before they got to them for Burnsy's picks well, guys, you guys can see this. Can you see the wheel on your screens? Yeah. yeah. Perfect. So let's get the wheel spun for the week after. Um, hopefully we can get my picks in there so we can finally get some good movies. Burns, if it lands on you, we're not going. <laughs> <laughs> so it has landed on Burnsy for a second week. Burnsy, would you like two weeks in a row? Or would you like it to spin again? Uh, you can just spin again if you want. Like, right. I'm not. I think that's Shuffle. probably taking a bit far. 
I'll shuffle it a little bit more. Uh, this is obviously great podcasting here, guys, to watch a, a wheel that you can't see, but we can see spinning around. Oh, fuck, he's coming back around again. <laughs> and this is going to land on Versi's Actors. So, Daniel, you're better at explaining what this kind of means. Um, so, we'll, we'll narrow it down to maybe four actors, maybe eight, maybe two. We'll see. Um, and we'll put them against each other and we'll have actor versus actor. Why don't we have like a Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard week? Oh, very topical. <laughs> I was thinking that two people that are quite in the media at the moment are Johnny Depp and Nicolas Cage. We could do a Johnny oh. Depp versus Nicolas Cage, two nutters. <laughs> Fair play. I, I do like the sound of that. Well, guys, that does bring us to the end of our uh, recording tonight. Uh, just a quick update on... The downloads, we are about 10 downloads away from 1,100. Been a lot of downloads in the last 30 days. I think we're a couple hundred downloads anyway. So thanks to those that have downloaded. Um, The Twitter is now back up and running very slowly. Uh, So please look for us on Twitter at Morons Review Movies. And of course, always give us a follow and interact with us on Instagram. If you pop on the Instagram, I'd highly recommend going and having a look at the comments under the lighthouse post um we always seem to give a post where if we shit on a particularly well-liked movie um, we get tens of comments and there were about 50 55 comments under there and the shining which was like universally loved by all of us has got about 10 10 11 comments ish um so go and have a look some of them are quite funny uh interact with us we would greatly appreciate it and if you could and you are listening, can you please take a couple of minutes just to um, rate us on the platform that you've listened to us on, whether it be Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Audible, CastBox, whatever it is, uh, just give us a rating. That would be greatly appreciated. Obviously, we are five stars, so five morons, a star each would be perfect. Uh, Don't rate us like we rate movies, please. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Guys, that does bring us to the end, uh, and morons, I bid you farewell. Good night. Sorry I don't speak moron as well as you, but let me try. What the hell is supposed to do, you moron? It's a moron. That's not against the law. God, you fucking moron. Stop like Batman. Because he is Batman, you moron. What are you, a fucking moron? You moron. Drop dead. Moron. Stepping morons like yourself. Be down, you moron! A moron! Bid you farewell and good luck, morons. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>